How many times have you passed or missed an opportunity? Now think about that for a second because it's probably a long list. How many times have you said no and you wish you would have said yes? How many times did you not bet on yourself when you could have? Think about it. Yeah, let's not do that again. And let's talk about that next with Sam Livingston. This is a dash of grit. Recipes for success from courageous leaders who overcome challenges and build great things. Now, podcasting from Spire to leaders in local communities like yours, here is Brian Leflock. And let's get cooking. So folks, starting your own thing is really hard. Leaving something is really hard. Maintaining normalcy while you're doing all that is really hard. And those of you who are out there that are entrepreneurial or trying to find your own way, you know what I'm talking about. And that's what this show is going to be about as well. I am uh, excited for you to meet Sam Livingston. He's the owner of Marathon Real Estate Group in Medina, Ohio. He's also a founder of, uh, of Sam's on Fire podcast, which helps businesses grow. And I'm excited for Sam to share his story of success. Sam Livingston, welcome to Dash of Grit. Hey, thanks. I really appreciate you having me here. And uh, what a great intro. <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad. I didn't think it was so good. So we'll go from there. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, so listen, Sam, I was from the time I met you, I wanted to, to hear your story online because I have a feeling that all the very extremely interesting things you sh- you've shared with me already uh, are going to get even more interesting. And so I'm excited to talk about the show. And, and, and before we get into this, can you talk to me a little bit about success right now? What's going well for you, for Marathon Real Estate? Let's talk about the pillars and the heights that you've reached so that we can dig into some of the grit in the future. Yeah, so there's a few things. Um, one is nationally, the company I've, I've partnered with at eXp Realty, um, they're experiencing some massive growth. And, and um, anytime that you're in in that kind of a pool. You can see what other people are doing, what works, what doesn't work. Um, I, I know that we learn from our failures, but but I like to learn from other people's failures first, if I can, so that way my failures are either smaller or or more um, more pronounced for myself and my own growth. So um, right now, the the place I'm finding the most success at is the growth of my team. Uh, and we're very purposeful with the way we do that. The people that we choose to connect with and partner with. Um, I, I have been in real estate for six, almost, almost 17 years now as a licensed agent. Uh, been pra- been um, dabbling in real estate for a little over 20 years. So um, right now, my real estate um, personal practice is pretty constant. It doesn't matter what the market's doing. You know, I survived the 08, 09 era. Um, now we're in the complete opposite. We'll go back into some other portion of real estate that is either depressed or super exciting or whatever. And, and I, I remain pretty constant. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the growth right now that I'm experiencing as a team. That's, that's probably the biggest success story. And is the growth that you're experiencing, was that something that was on purpose or did you initially want this to be about you? And now it's about your team to help your business grow, which was it? Well, that, that's great that you asked that because initially it was all about me and I didn't I didn't foresee having a team. I came from a very large real estate team um, and I never wanted to, to do that uh, because of the way they ran it. And they didn't run it wrong. It was just wrong for me. So that kind of closed my eyes to having my own team because I looked at it like, ah, it's not what I want to do. And then as I started seeing more of my own success personally in real estate, uh, it attracted other people that you know I had done deals with or I had been in. Um, you know, somehow in contact with, and then it, it started to open my eyes to, you know what, we can have a team 
that's different than what I'm used to. And so uh, initially it did start more about me and now it's grown into something completely different. Yeah. And you're able to see that and you're, and you're, you're able to kind of position yourself to take advantage of it. And speaking of that, one more question about success. You mentioned how now is a complete polar opposite to 08, 09. And, and can you explain to me a little bit more about what that means and why that's the case? Well, yeah, uh, nationally, uh, it, it's a truth. Uh, we're in a complete seller's market. Uh, in the 08, 09, I remember, you you know, buyers were like gold. Mm-hmm. And if you had someone in your car looking at houses, you were guaranteed, you know, some success in, in a transaction. And today, uh, it's a little bit different. Uh, well, no, it's a lot different. If you have a listing, you put a sign in the yard and, and you know, that's a very simple process compared to what it was in 08 and 09. So it's it really just about who you decide uh, or who the market has decided to favor. And uh, right now it's, it's sellers and then it was buyers. And just for, for, for fun, one more question about that, because that must be hard to overcome when things change like that. How does a real estate agent stay in front or how do, how do you keep your competitive advantage when the market continues to, to fluctuate like that on a, on a given day? I love that question. And the reason I love it so much is because uh, it's something that I coach in my own coaching company um, with other real estate agents. And I say it's it's the consistency. I, I don't care if I work with buyers and I don't care if I work with sellers. Um, I don't care what the market does. Now, I, it's very important for me to foresee what the market is doing, the trends it's setting, and, and to forecast what's going to happen in the next quarter, year, you know, three years and things of that nature. But really, I consistently come to work every day and do a lot of the same things. And um, someone told me that the, the best success is is born of consistently doing the least exciting things. Hmm. Showing up, showing up matters and just being there and being I, yourself. Yeah. Yep. I believe in showing up first and foremost out of anything beyond time, be early, yeah. uh, be aware and, and get the work done. And so, so far in this conversation, you've talked about real estate that you've done for 20 years. You've talked about a, a, a coaching business that you have. I see fire engines and fire things behind you. And I know that you have a podcast. How many different things are you doing now? And how many things do, do, do you like that? Is that help you be successful or does it keep you away from it a little bit? No, absolutely. Um, for me, and, and here's the thing, um, I, and I try to tell everybody, don't copy me because I'm wrong for you. Um, copy you. And so for me, I'm a busy person. Uh, the busier I am, the better I am. And it's something that I've just uh, come to understand. Now, when I say that, you and I have talked earlier about, about the, the greatest answer to someone can be no sometimes. And I had to learn that. But um, Right now, I have I have pared down a lot of what I was doing. At one given time, I was still in the military on a reserve status. Uh, I was a Cleveland firefighter and paramedic. I was a licensed real estate agent, and uh, I flipped homes. And, and and that was a little bit too much because I'm also a father of three boys, uh, a husband, and have run my you know. Uh, my household runs me sometimes I should say, but, um, so what I had to do was I had to take a step back and go, what's really important to me because one day I'm not going to have a choice with with the kids. They're going to be grown and out. So, um, that, that became my refocus. Like how, how can I do these things, be successful and connect with them? So yes, I still do a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I have the coaching company. I have the real estate. 
Uh, I'm uh, retired from the military uh, and I left the fire department behind so I could focus on the things that matter most. And so let's talk about that. You you had to make some decisions. You had to make some choices to be successful and to be in the spot that you are. So let's talk about that. Let's get into grit. Can you share with me some times when things weren't quite this focused, this easy, uh, easy is the wrong word, uh, this successful that you had to overcome to get to this spot? Yeah. Um, when I was a, a, a fireman, it was, uh, you know, the schedule there was 24 on, 48 off, and it was always hustle, hustle, hustle. Um, you know, and I worked on a very busy company on the east side of Cleveland. Um, we, hmm. we, we ran a lot. So the next day I was already tired and we would do, you know, we still was running a real estate business. So um, those struggles were compounded by being on a team where I didn't have any control. Um, you know, a lot of real estate agents claim to be entrepreneurs or claim to be running a business, yeah. but they're not. And I certainly wasn't. And I, I laid claim to that as well. And the reality was I was an employee that just happened to be a 1099 employee of somebody else. Um, everything went in their name. Uh, I didn't, I didn't call the shots. I was in a position to, to follow. And, uh, that was a really tough time for me uh, when I realized how much I was working and how much I was putting in versus how little I was getting back out. So um, that was kind of one of the driving factors. And, and I didn't realize it until sometimes success can show you where you're really, you're really making some, some decisions uh, that, that aren't best for you. And I was promoted to Lieutenant. I studied for the exam. I got promoted to Lieutenant. And when I did, I was put on a different shift schedule. I was a, a 40 hour week person. Uh, I worked five, uh, four, 10 hour days, uh, at the fire training Academy, teaching new cadets. And, and what I realized at that point was, um, I wasn't running the real estate business that I thought I wanted to run. Hmm. Uh, and going to that 40 hour work schedule allowed me the opportunity to really look and see what I wanted to do. So that was really the game changer for me. And I struggled with it for a long time because I was a career firefighter. I had been on for 17 years. Um, you have a pension, you have healthcare, you have, um, a big safety net. I knew every two weeks, regardless of what else happened, I was going to receive a paycheck and my pension was going to be there and, and things of that nature. So to step into the entrepreneurial world for real, you're leaving all those things behind. And when, when people talk about burning boats, mm. that's burning the boats. You, yeah. There's no going back. Once you leave, it's not like uh, you said, you know, I made a mistake. I'd like to come back. No, it's one and done. What's, what's the, what's the deciding factor? Because a lot of listeners right now are always thinking, you know, I could do that on my own. I could do, but I do have all those comforts uh, and that I've earned that I've worked hard to achieve. What's the deciding factor that says, no, I'm going to burn the boat. Can you remember back then what made you finally make that, that right decision? Yeah. To, to have the comfort, I always think of trade-offs and my coach uh, is a phenomenal guy. And he says, when you say yes to something, you must realize you're saying no to something. Mm. And so for me to say yes to those comforts of, and, and the safety net of having the, um, the establishment when I retire, uh, having the paycheck guaranteed every two weeks, I was saying yes to that. And what was I saying no to? And, and what I realized was to say yes to those things. I also had to agree to a ceiling. Uh, there's only so many hours in a day and there's only so many things you can do. And I knew that that ceiling was self-imposed at that point. And if I gave up some of the uh, 
safety net that I would also give up the ceiling. And, and when I was, when I made that realization, uh, a lot of it too, what you have to understand is you, you are driven by cultures around you. This is why I run my office the way I run it, because I, I want it to be a healthy culture and I want people to be free thinkers. Um, in the fire service, you're around people that are from all kinds of political or, or um, there's a lot of diversity, I'll say, but there's a lot of group think too. And the group think is you do this for 25 years and you can retire and this will happen and you'll have these opportunities or this safety net. And, and what happens is you become crazy to leave that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's because I, I was told that like, you gotta be crazy. You could retire in seven years. Uh, <laughs> what did you think when, when people told you that, Sam, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I'm interested when someone said, don't, you shouldn't, you can't, maybe it was even your family. Like, what did you think? Did you start to believe them at all? I didn't. Um, and it's because I was looking, I looked from their perspective and I also talk about, um, a fear base or, mm. or pleasure base. Um, I, or, or it's the same as when people talk about coming from the, uh, scarcity mindset. And, and I, and I looked at those people and some of them are very good friends and I would never say anything derogatory about them because I don't believe anything derogatory about them. But I looked at it from their perspective and I said, this is a fear base that they have. This is a scarcity base because they don't have some of the uh, ability to see things the way I see it. And that's okay. But I, not even for a moment, I look at them and, and think, well, maybe they're right. And maybe I'm wrong. I thought, they're right for themselves. They could never do this, but I'm going to leave because it's the best thing for me. And then it might've even emboldened you to know that, nope, that's your perspective. And I see where it's gotten you. I'm going to take this other road. I'm wondering, Sam, uh, when you made that choice, you put in your notice, you moved on. Was it instant success or were there times that said, oh man, boy, did I mess this up? Well, um, I'll be perfectly honest. I think there's always that trepidation when the first sign of trouble yeah, the human nature says, "Oh, maybe I messed up. Maybe," yeah. and you do start to second guess. Now, one of the things I did do, the mistake I made is when I left the fire department, I immediately partnered with another uh, real estate agent and, and formed a, a 50-50 team. And my thought process now, looking back, I'm so happy I did that because I don't have a wonder about it. But I would never partner with another person 50-50 ever again. And it's, and this is not anything against them. It's if you're going to be 50, 50 and you have two high D personalities, type A personalities, it, it just, I don't think it's set up for success. How do you change that? If you get into that spot and some folks need that, you know, to get out of their current comfort zone, if needed, you need a little help, not completely ready to throw it all in. So they need a partner, they think. So how do you, how do you change that? How do you realize that's not a good thing? And, and what do you do if that's hard to, to get out of? Well, everything can be hard to get out of if you won't first admit. The biggest thing is admitting to yourself that mm-hmm. it's a wrong decision and then figuring out in your mind, what is the right decision and how do you do it? Now, there's a lot of legalities that can go along with it. Um, but my philosophy has always been, if I'm not happy in a situation, I, I, you got to change the situation. And uh, so for me, once I recognized it and, and realized it, I went and had a conversation with my partner and I said, I don't think this works. And the reason I don't think it works is because we, we have a different vision. We have a different um, end game and that's okay. But we, we, can know, we can't do this. How would you like to um, dissolve it? Now, 
I will say that that was extremely simple for me because this person and I are still very good friends. Mm. Um, and, and we didn't let it fester to the point to where, and, and that's what I think a lot of people do is, uh, they either feel guilty or they don't want to face that. Uh, it, it's not a fun conversation and they let it fester to the point where, uh, the friendship or the business, uh, the, the relationship degrades. And we didn't do that. When I realized that I said, this doesn't work for me anymore. This is what I want to do. Um, what, what's your thoughts? And luckily, uh, I think they were feeling some of the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm wondering too, when you make that decision, when you go, decide to go out on your own and leave behind the things that are kind of already laid in your path, do you have a vision for what you ultimately want to become so that you can identify those points along the way. Or, I mean, that sounds great, but it's probably hard to do. Or do you make it up as you go along and, and allow things to seep in and, and help you with your path? Do you know right off the bat or do you just figure it out along the way? I say yes. To that. <laughs> it's a little bit of both. I, I think that you have to envision something and you also have to have the ability to, while you're engineering it, understand that it's not set in stone. I think that that can set you up. Both things can set you up for failure. If you're just going to fly by the seat of your pants without a, a good plan and without some sound um, benchmarks that you're looking forward to, I think that you are, I don't think that you're really setting yourself up for success. At the same time, if you're so rigid with those benchmarks that you don't allow some flexibility, then you're also, you're, you're really not capable of being a good business owner and a good business thinker. I think about that all the time is, am I thinking about this from ego, from scarcity, from fear, or am I thinking about this and what do I want to see? Is, is this going to get me closer to the end result that I wish? And, and that's how I try to make decisions. Yeah. And is that also, you mentioned about the culture of your organization and how important that's been. Is that also how you try to hire uh, and keep the right people on the, on the ship through that guideline of principle and, and focus? Absolutely. And I, I, I have face-to-face -face meetings once, uh, once a week. Um, and when I say face to face, uh, they can do it however they want. They can join Zoom. They can come into the office. And then I have a Zoom call, uh, a separate Zoom call once a week for everyone. And then I have some one on one Zoom calls. And the one thing that I want people to understand is, and I say it a million times, is my way is not the right way. I will show you a way and then you have to adapt it to what's what your capabilities are. Um I think that's why a lot of there is a lot of failure in real estate. And we were talking about it on another show this morning about why there's so much failure in real estate and why um, less than 20% of the realtors um, that get licensed stay in the business longer than two years. And I say it's because we're not coaching them properly and we're not giving them the keys and the tools to, to go be successful. And so what, what happened along the way that helped you to understand that? How do you know that it's important to take advice in and not be so rigid. How did you learn those things? Were there some things that you did along the way that were wrong that you had to learn from? Oh, absolutely. Um, when I was at uh, one company, they, they have a, a specific training um, that you pay for and you go to, I believe it's eight weeks long and it's cookie cutter. It's very cookie cutter. Now I, I will say that cookie cutter can breed some success. It can teach you very specific things to do. But what I didn't like about it was there was no room for anything outside of that particular model. And I am not a good cold caller. I'm a great speaker, uh, I think, but I'm not a good cold caller. And I, I despise cold calling. And uh, 
there are certain things that I don't believe in doing in business that make other people very successful. But if I don't believe in it and I don't like it, I don't want to master it. Do you allow other people on your team to do cold calling? Absolutely. I encourage it if that's what they want to do. If that's what works for them. I would tell you, I have a teammate. um, His name's Joe. And uh, I used to coach before he ever came over to uh, my team. Uh, He was one of my coaching clients. And uh, when he first started, I said, lay out your day for me. You know, let's talk about this. And uh, he talked about two hours setting aside every morning for cold calling. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, what do you feel about, you know, like, how, how, how do you do it that? And then he went into how many excuses he made and what all he did to avoid it and how usually it drained him of energy. And I said, Joe, why are you doing that? And he goes, well, because everyone's told me I have to cold call. And I was like, replace cold calling with something else that's successful and do it consistently. Now, I had another guy named Adam, his first day licensed in our office made 180 something cold calls and had two listings in the first week. Yep. For a first day, I'm sorry, for two listing appointments in the day. And Adam loves cold calling and he's still, I guarantee you he's still cold calling to this day. And I said, great, there's two different personalities, two different people. Why are you going to give them the same prescription? It doesn't work that way. And so I said, Joe, you have to find something to replace this two hours to be productive. It's something that you know it's, going to have success that Adam's having doing the cold calling. But if you're making yourself miserable, how long do you think that you're going to be able to sustain that? Yeah. Yeah. And it won't bring the results. And, and, and I think that goes back to, I keep thinking about your past and how you made decisions. You're, you're going to do it your way, but you're also going to realize there's many other ways. And so you're building a team that, that can handle that. I'm also interested, Sam, if you don't mind, you mentioned a little bit about the saying yes, uh, saying no, so that you can say yes. Uh, that's a really tough skill for people to learn. Usually we just take on too much. I'm interested in how you learned, uh, what experience you had with the other way around that caused you to finally own up to that. Well, if you ask my wife, I haven't mastered that yet. Um, and, <laughs> and that was probably one of the really big things is, um, how many times I'd put myself in a predicament where I couldn't take advantage of the right opportunity because I had already subjected mm-hmm. myself to a, um, you know, a, conflict. Like I'd already said, well, I'll do this. And um, the other thing that started happening was people started taking advantage of that. And I don't even think it was malicious or, or even uh, with intention, but you're kind of like the go-to guy. And I've been told, oh, you're the go-to guy. You always, and I go, you know what? That's a problem. Yeah. It's good that people can count on you, but it's not good when they expect it from you and you'll drop anything. And then when you start to miss things that are more important or opportunities that are more important, you have to say, you know what? I'm setting myself up for disaster. And, and, I, and I was very guilty of that. I hear something very unique in what you just said. You talk about the, you mentioned before the abundance mentality. And when you say you're saying yes too much, it's not because you're doing too many things. You're saying that when you're doing too many things, you can't do the important thing. You're missing an opportunity. And I'm interested, What uh, can you remember uh, some opportunities that you might have missed by saying yes to other things? Most people think about the fact that they've just got too much on their plate. I'm just doing too many things. I'm going to drop something. I don't think you ever dropped anything. You just did everything well, but missed out on the important things. Is that right? Well, that's a, And that's a really big truth. That's a really yeah. big part of that. Um, I've obligated myself to certain uh, things and there's certain things that I, I enjoy. I, I, I do enjoy the type of charity work I get to do or get to be a part of. Um, 
I don't enjoy doing things that I don't have a belief in Hmm. that. I don't have a, not even a belief in, I shouldn't say it that way. I should say, I don't have, um, a natural love for, you know, there's, there are certain things that uh, are just passionate for me and that's something I want to be involved with. And, and what I started doing was uh, allowing other people's passions. And I would see, well, this person is very passionate about this and I like that person a lot. I'm passionate about them. So I would, I would volunteer myself for, for things that they would be doing. Uh, and when we talk about opportunity, Time is the is the biggest opportunity to me, and that when I say I've missed opportunities, um, when I've obligated myself to certain things, the opportunities I've missed have been with my children, mm. uh, with events of that nature, and it, 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 it's not been a lot of monetary uh, opportunity. It's been more of the time opportunity that I would have should have a higher priority for. Yeah, and good for good for you for recognizing that. And that plays into my next question as we start to near the end of the show here. I'm interested in what the future holds. Um, it's an amazing time in real estate and it's an amazingly busy time for you and you're successful now. But I know that there are hurdles that you already see that you're going to have to overcome and show some grit. What's what's in the way of the future here for you that you're going to have to figure out a way around? Well, for my personal real estate business, like I said, I've always sustained um, and, and grow. I've had year over year growth. Um, and that's a good thing in my personal real estate business. And, and I don't, I don't say that lightly and go, well, I'm fine. I've always been fine. I know I'll have those struggles. I am not the least bit concerned about that because I will consistently do, um, I will adapt and I will make changes. My biggest, uh, obstacle coming up for success is the people that make me successful, uh, and the people around me in my personal team and office. We have some newer agents. We have some agents that didn't get to experience the 0809 era. Uh, they we have some people that have come into real estate at a time when it was simpler than others. Uh, it was a lot more lucrative than other times. So my obstacle or my uh, I, I guess my foreseeable challenge is going to be how do I ensure that we're giving them all the tools to remain as successful as they are when things do change. Mm-hmm. And staying on top of things on your own personal side too, and that's a that's a tough combination, tough recipe to put together. Absolutely, and, and one of the th- one of the big things I learned was, and I've always known this, but it's hard to necessarily give up the reins on something. But delegation is really important, and picking the right people to delegate to. Um, if you can, I think most of us don't like to delegate because we think that we're going to do it better, and that's usually not the case if we find the right person to delegate to. And um, I have a personal assistant who's just been absolutely phenomenal. And if I had to go back to not delegating the things I give to her, I, I would, I, I would drown. Yeah, and, no way. And so that makes me realize again, back to the Adam and Joe situation. There's certain things that you, I would ask of Joe that I wouldn't ask of Adam, and, and vice versa. And I think when you can recognize that and recognize the talents of the people around you, then you can truly find success. You know, one of the things I love about doing this show is meeting people like you and telling the story of people who were in a situation and made a decision to do it on their own. And then while they're doing it on their own, they're going through all the learning process of keeping it going and maintaining things. And there's a lot of folks out there that I know um, identify with that. I'm wondering, Sam, if uh, people wanted to reach out to you either for realty experience or even just talk with you about some of the decisions you've made and how you might help them. How would they reach out to you? Well, there's a couple of ways. One is you can find me on most social media platforms, um, LinkedIn, 
Facebook, you know, all the typical stuff as Sam Livingston. Um, you can also find me at samonfire.com. Uh, all those uh, allow for, you know, private messaging uh, without become without friend requests or anything. I keep a very open profile on all of those. You can find me on my Google page, Sam's on fire uh, at google.com. Uh, so it's pretty easy to find me. I'm loud. <laughs> I, I know a lot of the listeners, they, they won't see the, the background behind me, but you and I spoke when you came to my office. I have a red wall behind me and it's loud and it's uh, it's in your face. And that's, I, I kind of just live that way. I, I don't like to go quietly. So uh, pretty easy to find me. Good. And I hope people will. And and uh, before we wrap up, quick uh, quick uh, announcement about my company that uh, that kind of sponsors this podcast a little bit. Sam, you talked about businesses and all the different things that you're trying to do and all the different places that you can go and directions you can go. Sometimes you need somebody to lock it down for you and create strategy and create goals and help you figure out a plan to get there. And that's one of the things that Spire does. So if you're a, a business owner or an entrepreneur looking for uh, someone to help you put it all together, maybe give you a little bit more of a clear vision. Uh, towards the future and how to get there. That's what we do at Spire. You can find us at spiread.com. I am Brian Leffelock. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm the director of sales at Spire. And I'm thrilled, uh, Sam, that you joined us for the show to share with with folks, uh, not just about success, uh, but about being gutsy enough to uh, say goodbye to past success and start over and and be successful. So thank you for sharing that story. Yeah, I, I really appreciate you having me on. This is Dash Grit. Folks, we do this once a week without fail. So there will be another Sam-ish type person next week. And if you want to talk to other people that have been on the show before, go ahead and find us on dashofgrit.com. We're on Spotify and iTunes and iHeart and YouTube. So if you want to check out Sam's big red wall in the back, um, you go ahead and look on YouTube and you'll see that there. So this is Dash of Grit. Until next time, stay gritty, win the day. This is a Dash of Grit. Recipes for success from courageous leaders who overcome challenges and build great things.